Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to NBA Summer from Pure Hoops Media, where the season never ends. Now that the Raptors are the 2019 champs, 2020 is on the clock and every team is tied for first, at least until October, with the draft, free agency, the summer league and other key signings, all 30 teams are making news and we'll keep you on top of it. Here is your host, Adam Stanko. We hear all the time nowadays, well, guys back then weren't friendly and all that. So because you and Jordan had the relationship that you did, being that you're both Carolina guys, being that you're both elite players in the NBA, what was your relationship like on and off the court once you got to the league? Yeah, I've always had a, a, a little different relationship with Michael, even in college. Uh, you know, he was such an incredible player, and and everyone always was, you know, kind of cursing to Michael. Uh, and that's what happened. Yeah, he's a big man. Okay. And I just – I didn't do that because I didn't – I wasn't into the hype of basketball. Uh, right, right. You know, um, as a matter of fact, my sophomore year – my people don't even know this is a million years ago. We were a really good basketball team. And we were going into the ACC tournament. And uh, at the end of practice every day, uh, Michael would play people one-on-one. So this day, uh, I was playing in one-on-one. And uh, I could beat him, and he beat me. Uh, we just play games to three and stuff like that. So if I got the basketball, you know, I'm backing him down and not letting him get it. I'm trying to dunk on him or shoot hooks. If he got the basketball, it's going to be hard to beat him. So we're playing. And we're getting ready to go into the ACC tournament. We got a game. We played one game. Then we got Duke. We're playing Duke next. So they were they were getting. This is when they were really coming into their own. And uh, we're playing one on one. And he goes underneath the the basket to try to shoot a reverse layup. And I come across to try to block it. And I jump. And I when I take my hand, I I hit my finger. My my fingers on the bottom of the backboard. And I dislocate two of my fingers. Oh. Oh, they're going the opposite direction. I'm sitting there, and, they, and we got we're playing the next day, Ooh. and uh, we immediately stop. And he's like, "You're all right, I'm yeah, man, I'm fine. Let me go see the trainer." And, I, and my hands kiss. So, you know, I go through that night. I get up the next day. Uh, man, my fingers are just they're gnarly. So, Coach Smith didn't want to say anything about it. He didn't want to use any excuses. Uh, man, I couldn't even touch basketball. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't start that game. Uh, they ended up beating us, uh, and, and we played pretty well. But there was just – I come in the middle of the game. No one ever talked about it. Even though I had this big thing on man, no one ever said anything about it. And it just always aggravated me that, you know, because we were, we were really good. and We were going we to beat them, no, no doubt about it. Uh, but I'd always try to challenge Michael to play. And, you know, when, when we play pickup in the summer, you know, he'd always have a team. And and whoever else was there, were Sam Perkins or whatever, they'd have a team. But I'd always have my team. 
You know, if his team won, I'm, I was the guy, I don't care anybody, I'm picking my own team. And uh, I was just kind of that kind of, you know, and I, was, I wasn't, a, a, I've never been mean enough to be a bully, but I was always the type of guy, I'd always laugh, but I'd always stand my ground. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so we would go at it, you know, my team versus his team. We, you know, try to beat them and that type of thing. So uh, I never was a guy that was the blow, blowing smoke up Michael's dress type of guy like a lot of guys were because they were either in awe of him or or scared of him uh, athletically you know because he could dominate that type of thing I didn't do that I'm not that guy I've never been that way with anyone and so uh, I think he's always kind of respected that from me and so when we got to the league uh, you know people don't remember this but you know his first few years in Chicago they were terrible and I remember my first couple of years in Cleveland, you know, getting to Cleveland and trying to create some culture change. And we were getting a little bit better. You know, they went, you know, we, our first year we won like 41 games where they had won like 27 in the past. So it was a big change. But the Bulls weren't very good. And we beat them a lot. And, uh, you know, they were, we were kind of in the same, always right around the same number for the first two or three years, four years of wins. So we played a lot, and uh, you know, we played six times. Those were times we would beat them four to two in this regular season, and and then as Scotty started to emerge, but that during that whole period, though, Michael and I always talked, and you know, on the court, you know, man, I I I try to take his head off if I could on a screen or anything, because you know, it's just the way it was then. You know, you then back in the eight, man, you played hard. I never gave him one out. He went to the basket. I hit him as hard as I could hit anyone or fouling and those types of things. But, you know, I remember as they got better and, and, and when Phil Jackson came into the the conversation, and even, you know, Coach Collins did a great job right up until they went on this dynasty run. Um, as Scotty started to evolve, you know, that basketball team really took off because now you had two dynamic ball handlers in an era of post-play where you played inside out. Now they, they played the game outside in. Uh, and that was really unique, and and no no other team really adjusted to that uh, quickly. You know, Detroit could do it at that era because of Isaiah and Dumars uh, were capable of playing with them. But basically, every other team in the East, it was the old you know the center with his back to the basket, and you played mm-hmm. that way out. You know, uh, even from Boston to New York to us. Atlanta, uh, everyone played that way, and you know it just shows how quickly the game evolved. Because once Michael and Scotty started dominating ball handling, you know they eliminated that center position. I mean, they had they had five guys that rotated through center from Cartwright to Purdue to Luke Longley and to Bill Winning, and those guys didn't matter really. It's what happened on that perimeter, and that changed the whole game. But anyway, I remember we were playing uh, them, and and the first year. We had become really formidable uh, in the in the conference, and uh, you know Michael and I'd always talk before the game, sometimes talk after. And uh, I had a bad game against them in Chicago in a playoff series, and uh, hadn't played well. Actually, it was at home. We were against at, uh, in Cleveland. I played really poorly. Didn't shoot the ball well. And the thing that really I noticed during that first really competitive playoff series uh, in the '80s was that they could put so much pressure on our guards 
that I couldn't get the basketball. So they would switch. You'd switch, you know, six seven Scotty Pippen on the six two Mark Price, and all of a sudden there was a problem with me getting a basketball. And same thing. Then Michael would switch. Michael was a hell of a defender. And so now I went from averaging like twenty a game, you know, and and I did that usually on very few shots. I, you know, I could have shot the ball more because I shot almost fifty five, fifty percent from the floor. And I was a good free throw shooter. I'd shoot eight or nine free throws a game, and I, you know, shot seventy five percent. So I'd make my free throws. So in theory, I could shoot it a bunch more and probably average close to thirty. But it, it wasn't best for my team. But my shots went from eight or nine to eleven, twelve shots a game, down to four. Mm. It was because of that, and, and so I wasn't touching the ball. And so, you know, the the, the theory everybody's talking. Why isn't Brad? Why isn't he being aggressive? I, I couldn't get the ball. Because I'm not a ball handler, <laughs> so it was incredible the way they did that. And so I remember, like I said, I missed some shots in Cleveland, didn't play well. So we go back to Chicago to play, and uh, uh, the game is tied, and I get fouled uh, at the end of the game, and uh, time is running out. There's only, there's only a couple seconds on the clock, and I walk up the free throw line. I remember he walked by. He said, "Man, make these damn free throws." I said, "I'm gonna make," them. and uh, I knocked them both down. And uh, we ended up winning the game. And then I think he scored like 60 game against or something like that. But always encouraged. I mean, he he always respected me from that standpoint. And, and obviously I respect him. He's the greatest player ever. But uh, always, you know, he, he, when you played, he was going. And the thing with Michael is, <clears throat> like, Mike, like all, you know, really great, great athletes like a Kobe Bryant and those guys, once they – once you – show them any sign of weakness and they can get a if they find that sore spot they, they'll content they'll wear you out and uh he and i had a couple battles back in the dorm uh back in the day where you know mouthing off at each other and that type of thing and you know he would challenge guys and all of this I, I you know we had we had a couple times where i had i had to put him in the figure four you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think he knew even though I was a jovial guy, that I, I wasn't intimidating by him at all, at all. Uh, even to my own stupidity as a player, you know, the guy was unbelievable. But I still thought I could beat him. You know, my team could beat his team because basketball is really not an individual sport. But I always thought my team could beat his team. And uh, I realized all those years later, like a lot of people, it just, yeah, it, it wasn't going to happen. But uh, great relationship to him, you know, with Michael and, and uh, I still go down to watch the team play now every once in a while, go to games and get to chat with him. So, uh, yeah, great, great relationship. This has been NBA Summer, where the season never ends. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and listen to all of our Pure Hoops media shows and tell your friends as well as some random strangers to do the same. It's free and we don't collect your personal data. NBA Summer is a production of Pure Hoops Media. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.